welcome to episode 88 of the Adelan Rising podcast, where your hosts, Saren, Lynn, and Adam. In today's episode, we discuss Empire Avengers number three, X-Men number 11, Empire Captain America number three, and Fantastic Four Antithesis. Did I say it right? You did. Good job. <laughs> Yay! I've been struggling with it. Oh, we have some great news for you guys today. Uh, in that I went and saw New Mutants, so you don't have to. Thank you for taking one for the team, Adam. I appreciate it. And that. really, really, you don't have to. <laughs> like, it is a trash fire. It is terrible. Is it the definition of trash fire? Like in a dumpster? Uh, it, it was... It was Floating down okay, the street. Let, let me just... <laughs> Let me let me just let me just break a couple of things down to you. So, initially, when you look uh, at a couple of the characters kind of casting, you think, "Oh, actually, that's been fairly well casted." So, um, was it Anna Anna Taylor uh, Joy or whatever her name is uh, as Magic? You think, "Yeah, it's really yeah. that's kind of a good casting." She's got the looks. She's kind of got the you know she's got the the just general magic feel to her. And then you watch her on screen, and you think, "What the fuck is this shit?" Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was not happy. I a couple of times I basically got in there and I was thinking, you know, I might as well just walk out of this because it's just pointless. It's just an utterly silly movie that was meant trying to set up more and um, ruining characters along the way. So I was a little bit, a little bit upset about that one. I think that if you're going to go see it, great, go see it. But uh, generally, don't give your money to that that movie i read somewhere that in the initial script for it they were gonna have storm be the bad guy or one of them Uh, yeah yeah but they also had um i I guess spoiler alert there was uh lockheed was in it and he died um but he's 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 not eliana's pet no he's not he's he's kitties and And he's not even a pet really he's an alien He's an alien dragon. Like, He's an alien dragon you know. who is a person in his own right. And yeah, he he died. The demon bear killed him because this is meant to be some sort of take on the the um the demon bear story. And yeah, it's just it, it wasn't good. Yeah, there there was there was there was racism in there. It was not pleasant. It was just yeah. and it was just blatantly racist. It wasn't like they were talking about racism and addressing the issue of racism. It was they were racist. Yeah, the comments that were made were not pleasant at all. They were horrible. They were, you know, you're calling somebody out on their uh, on their upbringing and their kind of um, ancestry and all that kind of stuff. It was just awful. I'm trying to think what else there is to say, to be honest with you, because I think that covers the, the horribleness. The characters were just out. Some of them were completely out of character from what they were in the comic books. One in particular wasn't was is is a good guy in the comic books and she was just totally misrepresented on the film it was meant to be set up for a mr sinister trilogy by the sounds of it there's no idea where it sits in the x-men timeline because you've kind of got little flashbacks to logan and yeah it just it just wasn't a good movie at all well that's depressing yes and 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 we're gonna move on from this because we've got some really good comic books today So should we should we just dive straight into the comic books? I think the first first comic book we are going to be looking at is is Empire Avengers three. So uh, do you want to cover that one, Lynn? Sure. The writer is Jim Zub. Artist Carlos Magno. Color artist Espen Grundinger. 
Letterer Ariana Mayer, cover by Paul Renaud, graphic designer Carlos Lau, and editor is Tom Brevoort. This story wasn't exactly integral to the main story, but I felt it did a better job than the X-Men stories of exploring what happens when the plant people invade your green space. Because they really did play havoc with the Savage Land. And I like how Shayna's drawn in this. She She's much better from the um, Frank Cho Savage Wolverine run, which this one is kind of takes heavily from. Um, she, she looks strong, not overly sexualized as artists have a tendency to do with her. Which is which is good. I mean, that's that's definitely a, a good way to go because, and that's what I've been really liking about uh, Captain Marvel with L'Oreal is that she's not just the traditional, in inverted commas, stereotypical woman in comic books. Um, so it was, it was a nice it was a nice change. I think. I want. I'm wondering if it's because Jim Zub is writing it because he's pretty awesome with how he writes women. I think, um, or at least respectful of it. So. I don't know if that was like a direction on the writing or the editors, but I, I do like how she's drawn in it too. Yeah. And Kesar's okay. She saved him. And uh, that, now he's also tied to the Savage Land, which serves him right for not being a supportive husband. <laughs> do you know what I, I thought was really cool was the fact that they were like, oh, you know, we're tied to the Savage Land and now, or, or the, the Katati are trying to do stuff to the Savage Land, but now the Savage Land is like kicking back. Yep. And then it was like all of the dinosaurs came out. It was brilliant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was, uh, I would also uh, like to point out that uh, I like how Jim Zub wrote Wanda in this one. Put it this way. It's much better than how she was ri- written in X-Men uh, Empire. She was totally, totally misrepresented in X-Men Empire. But in this one, at least she was better written, better portrayed. Yeah, definitely. And I need to go back and read some more black knight comics just to get ready for eternals because i did not know that the ebony blade also sucked people's souls in i don't know if that's something new they put in this but i don't remember that from before acting like stormbringer from the elric books but fun fact there's a second ebony blade out there that crystal has said would be important to the future of the inhumans back in avengers unplugged number six when was that issue released who that was a while ago. That was that was a long time ago. 1996. <laughs> so it's, so it's a couple of decades uh a couple of decades old. Go ahead. Go see how see how old it is make me feel old, Adam. <laughs> I tell you what I did love was Dr. Nemesis. And is this weed killer? <laughs> <laughs> yes. He just like was like, "I I got some weed killer. I'm going to put it through there." <laughs> The new Central Park is not going to do too well, but this will be fine. Um, He's the only yeah, hero I, I... who's broken out the weed killer so far. Well, <laughs> he broke out the weed killer. We have one breaking out the combines. So between those two things, I'm sure it'll be fine. And I, oh, uh, I did love Wonder Man trying to break up the fight. And I am so <laughs> sad that Nathan Fillion was cut from his Guardian, you know, the Guardians 2 Easter eggs were cut with yeah. him as Wonder Man because he's the perfect Wonder Man. Oh my God. Can you imagine him? Yes. Just even in that scene? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I did. I really did like this issue. I mean, it was quite a, it was a good Avengers story. It's, it's a bit of a shame it was only three issues long, but uh, 
you know, is, is a good cast. I think Quicksilver going through and taking all the Katati out was really fun as well. Yeah, right at the end, yeah. <laughs> was that necessary? Yeah. <laughs> was, yes, 100%. Was, was it a scroll or a crazy punch? It looked like a scroll to me. Oh, it was a scroll because they were because um, they were they were arguing, weren't they? They were they were having a little disagreement with the yeah. uh, the Kree. Right, and um, <laughs> yeah, so she punched a scroll. Million year. So and and honestly, yeah. if you know um, Bobby's history with the scrolls, she hates them as much as Jessica Drew does, and it was one hundred percent justified by Bobby. I totally am down for it. Bobby has my support. I thought that was great. I love. I like how Jim Hotsub writes Bobby. Yeah, I mean this this was a good good uh, good three issue run. Uh, it's a shame it couldn't be longer. I would have hoped it would have been longer when it was first announced, but you know whether it's just squashed from five down to three, we don't know. I don't know. Um, I liked Man Thing. That was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like kind of at the end where he just like slunk back yeah. off into uh, into the savage away. land. It's like oh. fine, just walk away without saying goodbye. I I see. <laughs> did you see? Um, speaking of Man Thing, did you see the variant cover for Iron Man Thing? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's so great. Somebody's wait, been waiting a long time to draw that. Yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. And I'm going to pick it up just on principle of Iron Man thing. Um, yeah. So so what was your, what was, what's our collective rating for this one then? Um, Four out of five Lockjaws. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was good. I think it's one of the the better Empire tie-ins. Um and uh kind of look forward to Jim Zub doing a bit more. Yeah, hopefully he does yeah. a bit more of the Avengers because I think his his stories tend to be pretty good. So Yeah, and he took his Agents of Wakanda team, so he was still writing them, which was also a really good series if you haven't read it. So um yeah, I would love to see a Jim Zub Avengers book. I would read the hell out of that. Well, I think next up on the list is uh X Men Eleven, which serves both as as an empire kind of crossover book as well as a a, a prelude to uh, ten of swords which is also going to look looks to be really good uh x-men 11 was written by jonathan hickman the artist was uh lenel francis Yu. color artist was sunny go letterer is clayton cowles graphic designer is tom muller and i thought this was quite interesting because it kind of has two a story that's kind of being set up and then a separate story uh, kind of happening throughout the book. So there was kind of an initial story with Anol, Rockslide and Lower, where they meet with the High Summoner of Arako, which um, kind of featured previously in a, a summer's heavy issue of the X-Men, uh, where Cable kind of comically gave this guy a grenade um, and it blew up. And they were very, very antagonistic towards the Summers clan. And, and basically what happens is, is Rockslide begins like a game that apparently adapts and changes with them as they play the game. Uh, when suddenly the Katati are incoming. I'm, I'm kind of glad that game got interrupted because I, I don't think that was going to be a fun game. No. Well, I'm kind of intrigued because they started the game. Yeah. They... So I'm, and, and the game that, and a game that adapts and changes, that's intrig That's interesting. Yeah. But, uh, that game wasn't going to turn out well for, <laughs> for Rockslide. I, I think, I, I think that game is going to feature in Ten of Swords. Yeah. Because what I, I feel like it's too much of a thing to put into the book without then referencing it further on. You know, and, and it was really amusing because Rockside basically goes up and is like, hey, what if you what if you uh, can't be beaten or whatever? That's going to be interesting. I'm going to follow that quite nicely. Yeah, they, they should have asked about the rules before they, they started playing that game. <laughs> you know, what happens at yeah. the end when I lose? 
those of Araco will uh, take Krakoa for their own, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm guessing that's the point of uh, Ten of Swords, right? But uh, yeah, so going sort of further through this book, uh, you have Exodus telling a story about a one true hero of Krakoa. And uh, I'm going to be talking about this a lot because Magneto is badass in this issue. He's probably one of my favorite X-Men. Um, and it, it just seems uh, it seems like this book is kind of commenting more on Krakoa's kind of like defenses and the way they work and that kind of stuff. And the Katati invasion just kind of seemed to facilitate that. That was my one complaint about the X-Men tie-in is that it could have been anything. Yes. Not Katati. And I, I think that's the same with X-Men 10 with Vulcan. Um, just the fact that Vulcan kind of literally only he blew up a load of the um a load of the Katati at the end of that issue. And it could have been anyone. It could have been, you know, the Shi'ar, it could have been the Kree, it could have been the Scrolls, it could have been anyone. Literally everything they have now is plant based. You would think the Katati would be more of a threat to them. Yeah, but it just seems like uh, Magneto kind of their defenses are really good. Magneto knows his shit and he kind of threw some uh, satellites on top of the lead Katati, which was the best thing, right? <laughs> it's, it's just when Magneto kind of drops this, drops this satellite and he's like, I'll oh, tell Sage that we might have accidentally utilized one of their uh, satellites. You know, do send my apologies. <laughs> we will pay for any damages. I did. I did like the panel sequence where he, he drops in and then he picks it up and he's like, "Ah, oh, he's still there. Squash him again." Like you're going after a spider in your house. Uh no, not quite. <laughs> One thing I really did like was how um, the cuckoos kind of web the main characters of this issue together. So Magneto and Sage are kind of linked together mentally. Step one of Mister Sinister's plan. Yes, well, that's that's another good point. Is the fact that they kind of alluded to um, Chimeras from House and Powers of X through the, the kind of the lettered pages, the ones that you know, the little information pages that Hickman likes to put in there. And it was basically that they were looking at creating like defensive measures based upon five different mutants. Mm-hmm. And as we know from House and Powers of X, those uh, those mutants could potentially potentially be put into one body and uh, we could have a mutant that's got the powers of five separate individuals which would be really interesting um but anyway yeah so so magneto generally just shows the katati that the x-men and krakoa are not to be messed with and uh bringing two satellites on top of the katati's head was amazing and i love this issue so much so if i had my way this book would be getting like 10 out of 5 for how good it is. You're biased because you love Magneto. <laughs> I'm so biased. It's just that one line at the end when Exodus is like, what's your hero's name? Magneto. And he is mutant. And it's just like, oh, it's good. It's good. But the, the biggest thing is how are people not cla- are still claiming that the X-Men are not a cult? They are <laughs> literally indoctrinating children at this point. <laughs> It's like literally around around Exodus is a group of like five kids. And they're they're leaving it up to all the former bad guys to do the indoctrinating. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, why would you get Exodus to do it? It's like I, I put up a tweet last night and I was like, you know, Exodus indoctrinating your kids. Hmm. There's a little bit of little bit troubling about that. I think generally these last two issues, so ten and eleven of X-Men, have been much more interesting as an empire tie-in um 
than what the actual standalone series was. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this it should have just left at this and been been done with it. But although my only kind of complaint, and uh, and I think you've kind of mentioned it before, is it feels probably more to do with the Ten of Swords than it does Empire. But that's fine for me. I'm really excited about X Ten of Swords, and uh, I'm really looking forward to when that starts coming out over the next few months. This book got 4.5 out of 5 Lockheeds. Proper Lockheeds, not movie Lockheeds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not that trash Lockheed that was in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, have you got anything to add to Adeline? I mean, did you, how did, did you enjoy it? I did. I did. I enjoyed it very much. I only subtracted that half a point, half a Lockheed, for the fact that it wasn't really an Empire story. I, I, I agree with that. It wasn't an Empire story. And it's it's exactly the same with Vulcan. I think it could have just been yeah. anyone else, but still, it was enjoyable. I'm really enjoying where the X Men are going. Um, I, I finally got caught up on all of the X Men books over the last few months. I think I've missed basically everything from February March time, and I'm kind of seeing a lot of like patterns within the different books. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of intrigued as to where where they're taking it. Uh, Nexus of Swords or Ten of Swords rather is going to be awesome. Because you've got the, the, the little teaser trailer for Ten of Swords went out and it's got like uh, Betsy against Brian. And again, totally down for that. I'm totally here for that. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that Teeny's X-Men, uh, Excalibur is going to be a big thing to do with that. Because that's probably been my favorite X book going forward at the moment. I'm surprisingly fond of Cable. It, it hurts me because I've never liked him before. And Kid Cable as well. I mean, and how can you... Uh... Kid Cable, but it is so much fun. Is that the one by, drawn by Phil Noto? Yes. I've seen, I've seen panels of that one um, in my Tumblr rumblings. There was this just messed up scene where like Deadpool has Cable on ice. <laughs> I don't know. It was funny. Lucite. He's in Lucite. Oh. <laughs> like a collectible. <laughs> Brilliant. Wow. No, poor He's Scott. Like, was poor Scott who just wants to eat his hoagie. <laughs> but I mean the X-Men have been so good up to now and I'm I'm really happy that Hickman is on X-Men. I, I, I love how weird they're getting. I mean, I know it's not like traditional X-Men, and I feel like that's the biggest complaint that people have is that the majority of the books are like Krakoa high level sci fi stuff. If you're into that, it's just it's just great. Um, but the X-Men are, in fact, a cult. That's all we got to say. Anyway, should we move on to, uh, <laughs> to Captain Empire Captain America 3? Let's do that. Empire Captain America number 3. Writer is Philip Kennedy Johnson. Artist is Ariel Olivetti. Colorist, Rochelle Rosenberg. Letterer is ariana mayer cover is by mike henderson and nolan woodard with variant covers by butch Ducey and frank darmada uh graphic designer is carlos Lowe, and editors are darren shan and lauren amaro she camp has made his way to mexico city on the back of a giant cotati the scree we see uh, don't seem to care if they take out cap <laughs> and their ground forces in the quest to destroy she camp yeah, they they were kind of like we can we can bomb them, right? That's fine. Yeah, it'll, That's it'll, fine. it'll be fine. There'll be no consequences from that. And Cap won't get mad. He'll be dead. Yeah. yeah. And it was just it was the little to and fro when they were talking about. Oh yeah, no, you you need to take some responsibility for this. It's your planet, and it's like, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. It's 
Yeah. Yeah, um, that, was, that was good. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Cap gives his pep talk as Cap does. I don't know. I felt like it, it lacked a little bit of the punch a Cap pep talk usually requires. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I kind of feel... I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like it sounded like a traditional kind of, you know, movie classic war hero speech that, you know, you give to kind of make everybody sort of, you know, ready for, for whatever. So I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of enjoyed this. It's one of the few, it was kind of a riff on it. In my opinion, it was kind of a riff of an, on an old war movie. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that when you put it in that perspective, but I don't know. Um, so now we've seen the combine, and we've seen the weed killer. Now we have fire to kill the plant. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't they think about that to begin with? Uh... I mean, like, well, you have the whole pyre thing to kill them all. So uh... true. Yeah, yeah. They could have. They could have just got Elon Musk's boring company and just borrowed a load of flamethrowers. Right. It would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, humans have a lot of experience clear cutting stuff. You would think we'd be better prepared for this. Right? (laughs) Seriously. Um, And then, you know, suddenly the Scree are second-guessing the expendability of Captain America and what that would entail if he actually did die. They were like, you know... The Avengers would rain hell. Like, they don't remember Secret Invasion or, or Infinity or anything like that. I mean, come on, guys. You know better than to underestimate the Avengers. He led the, the the Infinity. Cap was the leader there. Like I did enjoy seeing Cap channel his inner Green Goblin on the little. Uh... So this was this was the interesting thing is the ships that were there, the ones that kind of Cap went and jumped on and used to you know he basically did the Black Widow thing from the Avengers and flew up into into the sky on it. I'm pretty sure that's a is it a Star Wars? It might ship? be. Because I feel like um, Ariel Olivetti takes a lot of inspiration from like various different um, franchises. I do love Ariel Olivetti's uh, work. I do like his artwork, so I, I do like the artwork. Yeah. Because if you remember back into Death of the Inhumans, he actually took some inspiration from uh, Warhammer 40k on his uh, yeah his alien ships. Yeah, he did. And uh, that was that was quite interesting. That was quite fun to see. Yeah. No, that that was. I I do enjoy the um, artwork in this series. The staff, of course, is the source of power. So King Cap figures it out and destroys it, and we have no more. Although, although it's weird because because uh, like in the X Men, the staff was created by Doctor Strange and Wanda, and then this one is actually a Katati staff. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, but then at the end, uh, Cap saves the day and issues and uh, alluding once more to the Wakanda book that we're not getting. I really wish we had that Wakanda book, but everything happening in Wakanda, we're only seeing in the main empire series. And that's kind of frustrating because I really wish we had gotten that Wakanda book. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of books I think we could have, we could have had, but we didn't get like, um, you know, union would have been a really great one. Storm, um, storm ranger. Yeah. That was great. But I feel like as, as I mean, as much as this goes to show what's going on on earth at the time of while the Avengers handles, space at the same time i'm just like eh, i don't know i love cat but i i feel like all of the empire like um all, all of the individual empire but it's like x-men empire 
uh, Captain America Empire, Savage Avengers. I, I don't think you did need any of those to get the general story of Empire. They were just nice little tie-ins. Yeah. Uh, particularly Savage Avengers, of course. That was the top tier, top tier Marvel comic of the year for me. But yeah, I mean, but that's that's the same as a lot of events. I think that whatever, you know, Ten of Swords, I think is going to be the same. You can have the main Ten of Swords title and there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. But I don't think you're going to need absolutely every single one of the 16 books, I think it is, to to get the gist of it. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was unnecessary, but it was fun. I would give this one 3.5 out of 5 black jaws. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And I guess our final one for the day will be Fantastic Four Antithesis. I said it right. <laughs> Sorry, I get very excited when I pronounce it correctly. All right. Fantastic Four Antithesis. The storytellers are Mark Wade and V. Neil Adams, who was an artist on the Cree Scroll War. Inks by legendary inker Mark Farmer, who doesn't get enough respect and is a super nice guy. Which I just wanna I just wanna butt in a little bit there. Um he did all the uh the Royal Mail released a load of stamps. He um did. was it last year? Mm-hmm. And he did all of the inking on that as well, didn't he? He did. Uh, Alan Davis did the art. Mark yep. did the inks, but they only credited Alan Davis. Oh, that's some bullshit. Yeah, c- rude. Because weren't they both? Weren't they both at the? Uh, was it Motor City Comic Con? They were. I brought my stamps to get signed, and Mark saw I had them, and he's like, oh, "I can sign those too." I, I had no idea <laughs> you you were the inker because they didn't put it on the back. <laughs> they literally just put Alan Davis, and yeah, uh, that's a bit rude. Very, very rude. Anyway, sorry for butting in. The color artist is Laura Martin, letterer Joe Caramagna, covers by Neil Adams and Laura Martin, with some variants by Art Adams and Jason Keith, Ed McGuinness and Dave Stewart, Sarah Pacelli, Ryan Stegman, and J.P. Mayer and Matt Wilson. Carlos Laws, the graphic designer, and the editor is Tom Brevoort. This one is a throwback story, which I was really surprised by. This is kind of a around the 80s, I think, because the kids are real little. And all of the character development that's happened is gone. Because you kind of have uh, Franklin as his uh, Days of Future Past cover picture. Yep. So- <laughs> Valeria's a baby. Sue's fighting for Reed's attention. Again, she's underpowered. Once again... She's overexerted and faints. I mean, come on. One one meteor? She can handle a meteor. Yeah. Yeah. And Ben and Johnny are just playing pranks on each other. Because why not? Because why not? <laughs> that that's <laughs> I think that's that's the only thing that has just stayed continuous from uh, from then until from the eighties yeah. until now. Is uh yeah, Ben and Ben and Johnny's kind of uh japing on each other yeah my my, even though i love neil i do have an issue with the art because i'm very picky about how the thing is drawn and i don't know it's something about the lower jaw maybe it's the teeth but the thing is off he looks like a ninja turtle there's many things off about i think i think you're right i think it's combination of all of those things i think also the shape of his head as well it's like kind of round it's it's yeah and it's kind of domed on top and it's kind of like really 
I, I mean, I would say it's, it's classic thing, but he's been drawn so much better since. So why would you have to go back to how it was in the 70s and 80s? Yeah, it's just like there's a certain combination of eyebrow ridge and jaw that makes him look like himself. As opposed to like a, a rock form of a Neanderthal. Or any other rock character. For some reason, the rock guy from Neverending Story comes to mind when you say that, and I don't know why. Sorry. <sighs> and now I'm sad thinking of him. Jeez. <laughs> they look like such big, strong hands. I wasn't traumatized by that movie at all as a child. That's okay. <laughs> no. I can't, I, I can't comment. I've never seen it. Oh, you need to see it, Adam. Uh, every child of the 80s was traumatized by Neverending Story. Yeah, poor Archer. And that's why I'm a 90s kid. I mean, this issue does pick up when Silver Surfer arrives at the end, so I'm going to give it a chance because most of this was just build up to that one event, and it's kind of ironic that, you know, he mentions that Galactus is dead in this throwback (laughs) issue when Donnie Cates just killed him in Thor. I think that's going to confuse an awful lot of people because literally it just happened. Yeah. Yeah, it they have they came out like the same. Did these come out the same week? No, or just Ooh. two weeks, one week apart. One week apart. Yeah, so this one's obviously in takes place in the past, but we end with that same note. I probably had just had to do with how all the schedules on the comics got screwed up by COVID. I think what I found a bit odd was uh, was uh, Annihilus at the at the start. They, they very quickly dispatched Annihilus. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's be honest. It was very much like it. It was almost. It was almost harking back way to like you know golden age comic books. Yes. Where it was like, oh, just get this gadget out of my pocket, and I will send them back through to the negative zone. Right. I think that might be the point of this. It's supposed to be yeah. retro and you know nostalgic. It was just there's a so there's a um, an indie creator um, who I follow on Kickstarter, um, and I can't remember his name at the moment, but. He he does a, a book called Captain Cosmic, which literally takes straight from like classic golden age uh, comic books. And he writes exactly like that. He's like, oh, get this gadget off of my utility belt. And it's like, it's just such a nice kind of, you know, golden age throwback. That he, it, it's just great. But I feel like in this one, it's like, well, if you if, if that's fine, but then the character development stuff is just completely ignored. You're sitting there excited about Ben being married now and you know, the kids are going to get adopted soon. Yeah, the, the the throwback is okay. I thought it was this was going to be like some sort of tie-in to the larger Empire event. and No, it, it's certainly not the uh, follow-up. It's not what I thought it was. Unless it has to do with Thor, but I don't even know that. Like it, It's just, I, I don't know. No, it, it can't because the, the kids are too small. This is something that happened in the past. Or it's an AU. Yeah, yeah, because uh, well, yeah, because Valeria and Franklin are babies. But the cover of the next issue does imply that there is another cosmic being out there who's the cause of these meteors. Another one. Another one. Yeah, <laughs> we're finding all kinds of cosmic beings out there. So this one. I, I think. I think. Give it a chance. I think we'll see what issue two looks like. I mean, it's a four yeah. issue series, so I mean, it's not going to be, you know, too too long to wait, but. Yeah. yeah, I gave this one a three out of five Lockjaws. Hopefully the next one is better. Although I will be getting them because they do have the Inhumans variant cover, so I just need to get them on principle. Uh, 
since it's takes yeah, I think it's issue three. I think yeah, his Medusa. Medusa. Yeah, so I've I've already pre-ordered my issue three, uh, and then what is it? Is it Fantastic Four? Uh, I can't remember which issue it is, but that's the one for Black Bolt. And maybe since this takes place in the past, we'll get an Inhumans cameo. Maybe that would be good. We might get Crystal. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of. I think what frustrated me was the fact it was Mark Wade who, you know, helped write this, and his Invisible Woman series, which was also set in the past or partially set in the past, um, was very good at portraying Sue as being that badass kind of super spy spy sort yeah. of super spy hero of the group and uh you know and that's one of the books i really loved but just a bit frustrating that he's done this maybe he'll surprise us in the next three issues i hope so because wade's pretty cool like that like he's i don't know i i've liked most of what he's written so i'm surprised but uh yeah i think i think that i guess the next thing really to talk about is kind of reading recommendations and that kind of stuff have you guys been been reading much over the last week daredevil annual number one one more day which is ominous as it sounds because it was really good you guys if you recall reader brought back mike murdoch or actually made a fictional alias of matt murdoch real oops and uh yeah and uh next time let him know when he's reading about your imaginary friend right (laughs) and uh let him know that that he's not real um, I know, I know they had, Matt had the opportunity to let Mike disappear for good and like un reader could unread him or something. Reader gave Matt that option and Matt said, no, let him live. And now he's all messed up. Much like Aaron was in Uncanny Inhumans. Um, so read it. It's excellent. And it changes a lot about Matt Murdock's history. Yeah, I mean, I I read this one, and I kind of I kind of feel like I now need to go back and read a few other issues of Daredevil. Um, I'd not been following it up until this point, and I know Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil has been really good. Yeah. So I'm gonna probably go back and pick up the trades at least of uh, of this one. I, I I love Chip. He's he's great. And and uh, I mean, I've been, I really enjoy Charles Soule's run. I need to finish that one off actually. So like Mayor Murdoch and that kind of stuff. So yeah, that maybe it does a... allude to that. So you definitely want to keep that in mind. So what about you, Lynn? Have you read it, been reading much this week? I just finished up Jeff Vandermeer's Southern Reach trilogy. It was absolutely excellent. Very, it's so weird. That's the one where Annihilation is the first book. Oh, okay. oh yes, the horror one. Yeah, it's it's very very different from the movie. The movie did a good job of yeah. translating it because some of the scary stuff in the book wouldn't translate well to the screen but let's see the first one's annihilation the second one is authority and the third one is acceptance it does a fantastic job of bringing it all together at the end i don't want to give away too much but it's definitely worth a read yeah that's the trilogy i need to go out and buy uh, at some point in the next few weeks <laughs> but i mean uh, i'm trying to think if i've read anything in the last week the only things that i've really read are um the X-Men books, the Dawn of X titles up to now. So I've kind of finished, got up to, right up to date with those. Kind of really pleased with the way that X-Men is going, as I've said previously in the in the episode. And uh, yeah, generally that's about it from me. So Well, we also watched Bill and Ted face the music last night. Oh, how was that? I have to oh, So lucky. Where is it? It is. On? It's streaming on, I think, like everything almost. Really? 
Let's Netflix. see. Why why do you guys get it and I don't? Come on. Come on. Bill and Ted is available on Amazon, Apple, Fandango Now, Google Play, Vudu. I don't know what Vudu is. You can rent it on YouTube. That's it. Those are all your choices. Oh, they're all pretty accessible choices. So Yeah. I don't know if it's anywhere in the UK yet. It is not. Was it good? Which it which sucks. It is so sweet and wholesome. That's awesome. It's the exact movie I needed right now. That's excellent. Which is pro- probably why they released it on all the streaming services, I, I imagine. It's... Is it going to be in cinemas as well? I don't know. I don't think so. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon. I thought it was still a ways away. And there was like, nope, it's live. And I was like, oh, shit. Yes. No, they are, they are so sweet and still themselves. And their daughters are adorable versions of themselves. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's what I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to seeing that movie because I, you know, Excellent Adventure and um, the second one, I can't remember what it's called now, but the second one is really good. Is it a Bogus Journey or something yep. like that? That's bogus, it, bogus Journey. Bogus Journey, yeah. So Bogus Journey is really good. Uh, I I'm, I really want to see the third one, but it's not out here yet. I still have not seen the third one, so I will be renting it at some point soon. Yeah, I think for me, it's uh, I've just been watching a lot of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia still. Uh, that's still my binge watch. I'm now... You've got a lot of seasons to get through there. I'm I'm up to season uh, like end of season nine, so I've got ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen to go. Nice. So, uh, which is good. I mean, it's a good. It's a nice. It's a nice easy watch. That I could just chuck on and uh, and watch in you know in any anything I'm doing really. Um, they're not too difficult. It's twenty twenty minute episodes, so it's like you know just watch them in a. You can get three in an hour, which is good. So uh, so if you guys have any reading recommendations, uh, questions for us, suggestions for the show, all that kind of stuff, uh, feel free to get into contact with us. Uh, our email address is the show at atalanrising.com and our Twitter handle is at atalanrising1. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>